Hello! And welcome to episode 128 of the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. Correction, the award-winning Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Stuart Butler, joined today with Pete D. Mayo. Hey! In the red corner. You want me in the red corner? I don't know which corner I'm in. I think it's just left and right corner. Okay. In the Where's the circular table? That's true. There are no corners. And in the other corner, Melissa Cavanaugh. Howdy ho! Melissa Caveat, if you will. That's she right. likes to add the caveats. Hey, did you notice a few episodes ago we, we caveated and referenced you? Yes. There was a couple of Melissas. So even when you're not present, you're still present. That's great. You're the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, that's fantastic. Yep. So we're missing Phil today. And to be honest, the reason we're missing Phil is because I fired him because he didn't do his one job. Like he, he is the director of our marketing team, but really his one and only job is to make sure that the keg never runs out in the office. And he, especially on a Friday when we're getting ready to record a podcast. Womp. And he failed miserably on that. So I texted him today and said, you have one job, dot, dot, dot. And he was like, oh, man, did it run out? <laughs> so he knew exactly what I was talking about. Now, he'll, he'll be back in a future episode. But today, you just stuck with the three of us. Thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast, then we like to have some fun talking about all things hotel marketing related. Hopefully, if you are listening, you're looking to improve your skills to improve your marketing capabilities you're trying to be a hustler in this and we welcome one and all the hustlers that are out there we're glad that you're listening so stay tuned because you are in for a fun treat today what's the topic melissa you want to introduce it we are talking about the five p's of storytelling for hotel and lodging properties and this is not the first time we've had p's on the show is it it is not we We had had six p's before and that, it was, that was the disaster planning. It was. And that was what, Pete? Prior planning prevents piss poor performance. Was it prior planning or proper planning? Well, I guess pro- prior is, is proper. It, it suggests that it would be. You could have a seven. You you, it could be proper prior prior planning. Yeah. But I don't know that you can have planning peppers. that's not prior. The important thing is that this episode has one less <laughs> P. Yeah. Although there could be a bonus. There's a bonus P in it at the end. Oh. I did add that to the show notes per, oh, look per at Pete's you. recommendations. I thought per that was a good one. On the P. Yeah, P's. So, any more P jokes you want to make? That's all I got right now. Okay. All right. Before we <laughs> before we get into the P jokes, then let's see what's going on in the news aruse. All right. Are we restarting the singing or no? Oh yeah, no. We, yeah, remember right. last we week promised we said that last time. we're not going to do the recorded version with the clarinet anymore so you got to go live son all right here it is everybody ready mm-hmm. ready all right with hotel marketing that cannot lose now it's time for news a ruse that oh. was awesome i love I it i miss live yeah live is better don't ever let us go professional again and record things that's a terrible idea we got to keep it off the cuff so we have we have two news a ruse today and the first one is Big news that has zero ramifications to it, and that is <laughs> that we have a big, big shakeup at Google. So Larry Page and Sergey Brin have stepped down from their roles as CEO uh, and president of Alphabet and Google. 
dun, so, dun, dun. Yeah, so those of you who don't know, these guys were the founders of this yes. company. They, we, they were the masterminds behind Google from the beginning. We've never known a Google without Paige and Bryn sitting at the top of the Yeah. At and, the top and to, of the be, heap. to it, be clear, they're going to stay involved heavily. Yeah, they're right? staying they're on, still the board. on the board. And also, kind of to be fair as well, their current CEO, who is Sunchar Pichai, did I say that correctly? Oh, nailed it. Yeah, that was exactly how it's pronounced. <laughs> Keep going. Really? No. No, even close. But go ahead. Go ahead. You tell me. I, I, I would butcher it just like no, you. No, I, I want to hear you butcher it. Then. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> okay. I refuse. So, anyway. That guy. He has been the CEO for a couple years, and he's really taking over the, the full reins of the company, obviously, with Paige and Bren staying on the board. But really, at this point, he is the top of the pyramid when it comes to Alphabet and Google. Yeah. But, they, I mean, they're beholden to the board. Absolutely. Still, right? So, so I think the, the overall strategy direction, even though he's he's calling the shots and responsible for execution and is going to be accountable, the board is the board. And they're, yeah. as we're going to talk about in, in the next article, the board's the got board a lot of power. has a lot, a lot yeah. of power. So. That's but, why I kind of put that in the... It's a big news with zero ramifications because they've already been a little bit pulled back in terms of the day-to-day operations and turn yeah. it over to their Yeah, and they're trying CEO. to simplify things, you know, there. And, and, and I think this makes a lot of sense. They really haven't been involved hands-on day-to-day for, for quite some time. So I don't think this means that there's some major pivot coming from Google or anything like that. Um, it's just, it, it's this is a streamlining of management and, mm-hmm. and it probably makes a lot of sense. I don't think you need to change anything you're doing today because of this news. No, not at all. That came for us from search engine land okay and we'll link to that in the show notes and what's the second one similar related but probably more impactful all right this one is expedia groups ceo and cfo resign in quotes following disagreement (laughs) with the board yeah (laughs) so they jump or where they push yeah so this is absolutely a a big change with big ramifications maybe I think so. Undoubtedly. Uh, But Mark Altstrom and Alan Pickerel, who are the CEO and CFO, both were very unexpectedly resigned. (laughs) They were. They were. (laughs) From Expedia Group uh, after a major disagreement with the board on the direction of the company. Yeah. So that, that was the kind of the subtext, right, was... They, they they had a vision for the company and expectations that were not in alignment at all with the board and the board had enough and basically are saying, hey, we can do better. They, they've had pretty bad. Their last quarterly earnings report was not great. It was not stellar. They're probably underperforming on, on Wall Street. When you look at the valuation, it's pretty, pretty low. Um, but as part of this too, they also announced they're going to be doing a, a lot of buybacks of stock as well, and that's tr- maybe trying to correct the pricing will certainly drive price up, which is what's been happening since this was announced. Mm-hmm. But where in the world does Expedia go from here? Like, what is they've got to pivot? They've got to make some dramatic change because right now they have this situation where the supply and the demand for their product is controlled by folks that really don't want them to be in business anymore. Right? Which is yeah, kind of crazy. I, and yeah. I think one of the key kind of takeaways from, st- so this is in Wall Street Journal, this is in the internet in general, this article, this content is everywhere. But one thing I thought that was really interesting is the companies place significant blame on Google 
for pushing down free listings from travel companies within search results, which has forced Expedia Group to spend more on advertising. And we've talked about this a great deal on the podcast where Google is becoming the OTA and that puts current OTAs in a real you know, precarious spot. How do you kind of, how does this new ecosystem work where you're competing against Google on Google's playing field? Is it sad or bad of me to say that I just, I don't feel bad for them? Well, no, because they, they made their bed that they're lying in, right? They, they chose to do things that I personally disagree with, like bidding on brand, brand keywords, keywords of their customers, right? Right. That that's why they're on this drug that they're on. That's they they sustained growth by spending a ton on advertising. It wasn't Google that forced mm -hmm. them to do that. They choose to spend the five billion dollars a year or whatever it is. It's close to that on Google. They choose to do that, knowing that if the math is right, they're going to make a profit because they really their cost of product is very very low. They're, they're an intermediary where they have hotels that are doing everything they can to drive direct bookings and reduce their reliance on Expedia and don't have a choice right now because Expedia creates this demand, but they're creating the demand through Google by spending a ton of money. At the same time, Google's saying, well, you know what? We're going to get deeper in this value chain. We're going to try to disintermediate Expedia over time. Now, publicly, they're not saying that, but I mean, just Obviously, look at everything happening. that they're doing. <clears throat> they became a meta search. They've become an OTA. They're trying to get deeper into that value chain and take more of a share of the the revenue that's coming from hotels. So if, if Expedia doesn't fundamentally change one or two of those sides of the equation, they're not going to be nearly as successful in the long term because either the, the customers, the hotels, are going to eventually figure it out that they don't need them or Google's going to continue to shop screw that tighter and tighter to the point where they don't have an they don't have a marketplace anymore no and if, if google is smart which they clearly are it's going to be a setup where they're going to try to charge as much as possible for the paid listings and if expedia is the one spending that amount of money google is going to slowly ratchet up that cost until it gets to the point where is it worth expedia to pay for it but then also have to you only get a portion of that commission on yeah. the profit. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? Because you look at it now, there's so many hands in the cookie jar. There's a there's a scenario where when I'm a hotel that sells a room for $100, I'm, I'm having to pay Google, TripAdvisor, and Expedia at some point in the traveler's journey before they make that, that booking. And Google's saying, well, hey, what if I eliminate TripAdvisor and Expedia and I'm the only person mm -hmm. that's involved in that journey I can get a slice of what they were making and make more money. That's that's clearly where Google's heading. Yep. So what does Expedia do about this? Well, one, they get rid of a CEO and a CFO <laughs> that doesn't necessarily see it that way, but they've got to pivot. And to me, we, we talked on um, Hospitality Digital Marketing show to, earlier today with Lauren Gray, but about some of the scenarios. You know, Could they partner with Amazon? Could they buy TripAdvisor? Could they get into the B2B software business because they've got infrastructure through the HomeAway acquisition, right? There's all these things. But to me, it comes down to this. Expedia has to find a way to create unique value that doesn't exist anywhere else so they become a destination again. They can't mm -hmm. rely on the supply coming through or the demand coming through a third party like Google anymore. They've got to be synonymous with travel again like they once were when mm. you would start your journey at Expedia 
they've got to find a way to do that. And the only way to do that is to come up with some unique value proposition that just improves a large subset of travelers' lives in the way it, it they they consume travel. They they plan, they book and experience travel. And that probably means they've got to expand um, where they sit in the journey, right? They can't just be in the planning. They've got to also be in the, the experience side of it as well, whether that's, you know, offering tickets and um, things to do or whether that's itinerary builders, whether that's a virtual assistant during the stay, whether that's some way to organize them. I don't know what that is, but they certainly have to do something different because otherwise this is death by a thousand paper cuts mm-hmm. from Google <clears throat> over time. Yeah, and, and I think they're trying to find new things to do with Expedia Rewards. You have on the customer side trying to make it more of a value proposition to book through Expedia. They've got the... Uh, was it called, if I'm not mistaken? Uh, sorry, trip travel ads, trying to make more money from the hotel on the mm-hmm. sponsored listing side. So so they're trying a lot of different things. It's which one is going to get traction in a big enough way to let them kind of pull yeah. off the off of Google a little yeah. more. Yeah, and I think tactically what they've got to find a way to do successfully without you know, negatively impacting their financial situation, especially from Wall Street's perspective, they've got to find a way to reduce their spend, creating the demand through channels like Google, and increase their branding spend. You know, they've got to do more TV and stuff like that to, to make, again, Expedia has to become a destination for travelers looking to, to plan a mm-hmm. vacation. That's going to take a lot of money. It, and I'll say this about Expedia. I booked a flight from Myrtle Beach to El Paso. And the only place I could book that flight was through Expedia. Yeah. That flight was not listed on Delta's site because they actually ended up combining two one-way tickets that made that flight work, oh. which was a, a real value for me because I did not. The other choice was I had to leave at like, you know, midnight. And it, it was like almost a twenty-four-hour trip to get from here to El Paso. It was yeah. it was not worth it. But Expedia was able to put those pieces together. And create that package with the rental car. So even Google Flights didn't have that? No. Really? No. That's interesting. Well, sorry. Sorry. Google Flights did have it, but only bookable through Expedia. So yeah, I used Google to find Expedia, but then Expedia was the one who actually had what I needed. I always tried to book direct, but Delta did not have that flight. So, But in that scenario, again, the demand was created through Google. It was. No, it wasn't. You didn't go straight to Expedia to do it. And that's... so. Expedia ended up having to pay Google something for that transaction, which... They did, but what they offered was the actual value to where I'm more likely now to go to Expedia. Now, contrary, when I did my expense report, (laughs) I had one invoice that said from Expedia for one price, Mm -hmm. and then they broke it out and charged our card three different ways, and it was an accounting nightmare trying to figure (laughs) out (laughs) all the different charges that Expedia did. So they created friction, which makes you less likely to want to go to them. Well, to be fair... The friction was on the accounting department side. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, they I don't listen to this podcast. I didn't podcast. have to have a 24-hour uh, Not flight. my problem. Is yeah. that what you said? Yeah. All right. So, yeah, that's big news. It, it, I mean, keep a close eye on this one because who they appoint. Um, Barry, Barry Diller is kind of stepping in as the interim kind of in charge. He's, he's been around with Expedia since the very beginning. Very smart guy. He's helped them pivot a few times and certainly helped set the direction. He believes there's massive growth opportunity in, in the upcoming year, along with the board that also share that viewpoint. So 
they, they've obviously got something up their sleeve, some kind of plan, but it, it's going to be interesting to see what that is. And we'll be the first to report it right here on the award-winning Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. I don't know what that voice was, but it was kind I of I don't know, cool. but you were very uh, I, I was animated. animated. Yeah, yes. my arms were waving like yes. an action figure or something. I don't know. All right, do you want to jump into the P story stuff? Let's jump into the P's. All right. We don't have any Q's. P, if we, just P's. <laughs> there we go. There's a joke. There's a P I, joke. You know, to be honest, I don't know what P's and Q's actually means. What, what are Q's? What are the P's? I don't even know. Where does that phrase mean? Please and thank Q's. That's what I would assume. No, I don't think that's it. Is it not? It's like watch your P's and Q's. Right, your pleases and your thank yous. Is it not? That's what I've always assumed. Mm, I don't know. According to Wikipedia, he is absolutely correct. Really? <sighs> yes. It must be true. It's on Wikipedia. Wow. I learned something new today. There you go. Just ask me or ask Wikipedia. You're going to get the same answer every single time on any subject. All right. Not now really. I know. All right. So, what, so what are we doing? So these P's are related to content, right? Sort of. So let's talk about why this topic came up in the first place. All right, let's do it. So we found a really great article uh, from Hotel Speak that actually put this out there, and we decided let's talk about it because it's a great content. Yeah, and we didn't ask permission to do that because that's kind of how we roll. We'll probably shoot them an email afterwards and say, hey, we talked about and your we article. And we'll link to them. And we'll link to them. We're citing them. So if anybody's ever taken a marketing course, and I have not because I was a music major, but even I have heard of the five P's of marketing, and typically those would be product, price, place, people, and promotion. Say that five times fast. No. So the folks at Hotel Speak decided to take a little spin on this and do something as it relates specifically to hotel lodging instead. So the five P's are positioning, perspective, personality, promise, and profit. And, and what's the last one? The P added? And that the bonus, the bonus six Or should we P, save this to the end? I, I think we have to save it to right, the end. All right. There you go. That's anticipation. That means they yeah. have to listen until the very end. Yes. Okay. So, number one, positioning. One, 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 one. So, positioning is about communicating your brand for what it really is. What's unique to your property that sets it apart from your competitors? What is its position in the market? And this is where you have to be very genuine and create and build upon the position that you actually have. If this is not purely, I want to be a five-star hotel. I'm a three-star hotel, and I'm just going to tell people that I'm five, creating actually what you are, but then making the most out of it. Yeah, this is not an aspirational thing. It's not what you want to be. It is what you are, and, you and more are. importantly, what what your customer perceives you as, not what you perceive mm -hmm. you as. So I think that the thing to oh, do... Oh, you've jumped ahead already. But the thing with positioning <laughs> is your position today is not the position that you should have tomorrow. You should be improving. But just make sure that you're being authentic to what you actually are. And if you know that you're a three-star property and you want to be that have a fourth or fifth star, then you work on improving your positioning by fixing your property and making it. Yeah, and that position could, you know, you could look for what, what is unique about you. You could create something that's <clears throat> unique about you as well in that, that position. And, and you're going to tell me I'm jumping a little bit, but that's okay. I think we need to talk about it here as well. But I was reading an article earlier today about um, a, a vegan hotel where they um, have no meat whatsoever in, in the restaurants, but they also, all of their, their 
fixtures and fittings and everything, everything is, vegan. is vegan, right? And it's like, well, I don't really eat my bedding, but apparently <laughs> vegan bedding is, is a thing where, sure. you know, they're not using any kind they're of animal using, right, byproducts. There's no down, right. right. So, you know, this is, this is part of a position that these guys are taking and probably a smart position, right? But it's, it's unique to you and it, it's something you've got to figure out at the very beginning and say, what is it we want to be and, and stick to it? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Moving on to number two. Number two is perspective. So the perspective is the story that you're telling about your property that tells prospective guests where you stand, i.e. vegan hotel. Yeah. Thanks for jumping ahead. Yeah, well, but it, it's it's tough, yeah. right? Like you said at the beginning, some of these are kind of the same yes. thing, but it's, it's, it's different sides of the same thing, right? So like the position is knowing knowing what you are. The, the having a perspective is like that outward communication of 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 it you know it's taking a, a hard position like if if you fundamentally disagree with consumption of animals or animal byproducts then taking you, that that perspective in communicating that out is really really important to to reinforce your position right all yeah. right yeah we're blazing. We're blazing through this. This is going to be the I, shortest episode I ever. I said this was going to be the shortest episode ever. That was that was my prediction. That's Although okay. we've said that before, and then it comes out to an hour. <laughs> yeah. anyway. We'll find a way to ramble in the last thirty minutes of the show. It'll, yeah, it's it'll fine. Be fine. Yeah. All right, number three, and this is really important to me, is personality. Like every property has a personality. If you think of your hotel as a person, what would you say about it? Yeah, and. and and that's part of the, you know, the, having a culture that is well-defined, yeah. right? And, and making sure that you're consistent with that. I mean, fuel is a great example of that, right? We have a personality. We on the sure show. do. There's, there's, you know, we call ourselves, if you look at our culture and how we, you know, integrate new employees from the be- very beginning, we talk about what it means to be a fuel again, what is in your DNA if you want to be a fuel again, how you have to be scrappy, how you have to have a can-do attitude, how you have to be solutions-minded, all these things that make a great fuel again. And we instill that at the very beginning in every single employee and how that, then that manifests out, right? Because we have this kind of swagger that that comes across when we're talking to people without an arrogance we have this kind of tongue-in-cheek levity about how we approach things we you know it's a cliche but we you know play hard work hard kind of that mentality and that comes across in everything we do you know It, it certainly comes across in the podcast i'm hoping but it comes across in our blogs it comes across in when we're presenting at conferences it comes across in our you know communication with our clients we have really fun relationships with a lot of our clients because we you know we don't take ourselves too seriously we don't take the job too seriously other than we want to drive real results for our clients but that's part of our personality and we let it shine through everything we do it would have been really easy for us to say we're going to do a podcast and sound like every other podcast that's out there sure and be very monotone and professional in you know I, I like the fact we're unprofessional and the thousands of people that, that listen to the show comment on how they they like it, right? We try to entertain we're authentic. and educate. We are right? ourselves on this podcast. Yeah. Like us or not, this is who we are. Yeah. And if you don't, that's fine. We're not everyone's cup of tea. And, you know, go find something else that does fit so you. So we've had an internal debate about a property that's a bit edgy. And we've received some emails that are also edgy and maybe you know not for everybody and my position on it was 
this is what this hotel is. It's an edgy property, and this is their personality, and I'm okay with it. Right, and if they were a downtown Marriott in New York City, it wouldn't be the right messaging that they're pushing out. But it works for them and the audience that they're trying to target. Right. So this, this comes back to you know, having that position at the beginning, because once you have a position, then you can figure out who that target audience is that it, that position is going to appeal to. And then this kind of bubbles up to now we're talking about having a personality that fits with them, that they're gonna, it's going to appeal to them, that they're going to want to come and stay with. Right. Have you guys read the book A Thousand True Fans? I have not. No. It's a really good book. It's a very short book. So this is my. my is it like book Who Moved book. My Cheese? Who Moved the Cheese? It's a little bit like Who Moved My Cheese, but the whole idea is. Who if did you, move your cheese? Was that? Who did move your cheese? I don't know. Blame Mary. Uh, yeah. she, she's you, always cleaning out you, the refrigerator. You have, you have to read the uh, the book. Okay. I don't want to be. A, I don't want to spoil it. Well, that's their cheese. I want to know who moved your cheese. But it's okay. That's a good question. We should think about that and come up with like a 2020 resolution. Yeah. Type All right. Keep talking. going. Anyway. Derailed. Sorry. Anyway, Amazon. It's three dollars on Kindle, but it's a really good book talking about how if you can cultivate a thousand true fans with your true personality mm-hmm. to really buy into what you have or what you offer then you can sustain your business, you can grow, because those thousand fans will share your personality and push it out to everybody else. So it's kind of a way of really narrowing down, okay, if I want to create my fan base or my guest's history, whatever that might be, making sure that you have something that resonates with them and whoever that personality might be that you have, I mean, own it. Yeah, and you can't be all things to all people, no, and, right? Well, you, and that's the whole point there is you, if you're a true fan to a thousand people or a thousand people are your true fan, there's people who checked you out and, yeah, you weren't their thing. Yeah, and that's fine. Right. Let them move on. Because you, if you try to appeal to everyone, you're not going to nail it for some of the, that audience. Right? You're, you're, you're gonna probably not going to nail it for a lot of that anyone, audience. Right? Yeah, so if you can be true to yourself and find the people that, you know, if you wanted to be that vegan hotel, you're not going to appeal to the steak appreciation club right <laughs> so find the audience that matches you because I, I guarantee you not only is it going to be more successful f- for you as a business you know you're going to have more success more better word of mouth all that stuff and more repeat business more loyalty but you're going to have a whole lot more fun doing it when you're working with people that you like you know and going back to the fuel example and, and how we are there are certainly times when we recognize in the research phase for a prospect that it's just not going to be a good fit. That they they take things too seriously. Um, that that their their ideas and their goals don't match ours. That we're just we're just incompatible. And there's plenty of times when we we said to people, I just don't think this is going to be a good marriage. You know, here's some other options that you can look at. But we 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 recognize that because we don't want to be stuck working with partners where both sides are really miserable. You know, because right. that's. We spend so much time at work. You want to be happy doing it. You want to be around people that you genuinely enjoy, that you share some kind of passion with. And so in the hospitality industry, go find customers that are going to come and appreciate you for who you are. And you're going to have a way better time than having to deal with people that you're pissing off because you're trying to do something that doesn't appeal to them. That's a different P. I was about to say that's the, (laughs) the extra P. Oh, that's funny. We need to add another P. Sorry. And shake one more out. <laughs> See, that's, that's that person. Joke. That's that personality, right? See, I don't think there's many other podcasts would get away with that kind of a comment. 
<laughs> and, and some of our audience are probably cracking up right now and some of them are probably rolling their eyes and some probably just unsubscribed. So thanks, Pete. Appreciate <laughs> I it. I hope not. <laughs> if, if you're but, the kind of person that gets outraged by that kind of a toilet humor joke, then yeah. I don't know. You, you need to... And, and let's be honest. Do something different. If you have a podcast and the title of the episode is Five Ps... There's going to be a PP joke, joke at yeah. some point. All right. Keep going. All right. Number four is promise. And this is going back to the expectations. What is it that you're basically selling to your guests as an expectation for when they come to stay at your property? And remember... Their expectations are set by every single thing that they see or hear about your property. So that includes things like the images on your website, the price that they've paid, because if they've paid something more than really the value of your property, that's going to impact, you know, how they feel about it when they come to stay. Yeah. Every interaction you have, and it is not just what they see and, and, and read and hear, it's what they smell. Is what they feel you know it's every single interaction anytime you have contact with a, a prospect or a guest you have the opportunity to either improve that relationship and, and become closer to them or drive them away and, and it always always comes back to delivering on expectations setting appropriate expectations and either delivering them or delivering a little bit above them and you know one of the biggest mistakes i think people make when they're looking at say rates because you brought that one up is they try to drive the rates up. You know, everyone's always trying to yield. Everyone's always trying to get maximize their RevPub. But, you know, we, we have clients that certainly take that too far at times. Where, Absolutely. You know, because demand is so high, they can get a crazy price. And in some of our really seasonal destinations, you can buy a room in the off-season for like 30 bucks a night. In that same room can be 500 or 600 dollars a night in the off in the peak season right because they're selling those last few rooms at the very last minute like the same day but those people that come and stay in a in a room that's probably not worth 500 dollars are never going to come stay with you again because you just ruined you know you set an expectation you didn't deliver on it they're now going to go to TripAdvisor and leave a bad review they're going to tell their friends and their social followers what a bad experience it was. So you, you've got to balance that. Like, can I get this short-term revenue? Yes, but at what price? And that's that's all about and delivering on a promise. And take the reverse of that. Take like a Groupon. We love Groupon, yeah. right? Exactly. So somebody booked through Groupon on this great deal and they got a dirt cheap room and now they come to stay again because, hey, they had a great experience for $49, but now your price isn't $49. Are they going to pay more now for the same exact room? Yeah. No, you've anchored a rate and you've set an expectation and you're probably not. That's, I mean, that's one of the reasons we don't encourage folks to use Groupon unless it's, you know, a specific scenario that makes sense because you're not building loyalty. You're not delivering on a promise. You're, you're creating potential problems down the, the road. And certainly it's not a relationship that you're going to foster and develop and is going to be fruitful down the line if you're use, doing that kind of a tactic. So yeah, promise is everything, man. It's like we talked about this with Cyber Monday clients, you know, over the last couple of weeks, everyone's doing deals and setting the expectation with something like Cyber Monday that this is the best deal of the season and, and delivering on that is great. But then if you go, you know, and panic in the end of March because you're summer soft and drop the rate below what you were selling at Cyber right. Monday, you just completely destroyed the trust that you'd built with that consumer. And, and consumers are increasingly savvy 
and they don't forget stuff like that. You right. you've damaged irreparably that relationship, and that's the worst thing you can do. Anything else you want to say about this, Pete? Very quiet on this particular one. You know, it, a couple of years ago, surprise and delight was the big, the it's big coming back. thing. I've heard it a few it times been, this yeah. week. Yeah, and I think that's where the promise really can, you know, generate dividends for you. Yeah. You know, when people are at your property, they're expecting a certain level. If you can just push that just a little bit, or give them that little extra, you know, chocolate on the bed, turn down service, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, the perfect example is that when we said a couple of years ago of you know Jeffy. The, uh, was it a Joshi? Oh. Joshi. Joshi right. the draft. No, it was Petey. It was definitely Petey. Yeah. <laughs> but, but anyway, you know, like in, in that example, it goes back to Wade, like the first one or two podcast episodes we had. A little kid left his stuffed animal giraffe at a hotel. And instead of just moving on and the hotel lost it, they found it. They gave Joshi a fun vacation. They took pictures of it and shared it with the family and then made sure the kid got his stuffed animal back. That's that surprise and delight that it creates the affinity. It creates your personality, but then it makes people want to come back because of the experience that they're being promised. Yeah, and then they share that with, right. with everyone. They become an advocate, and, and you know that, that leads. When, when your existing customers become your marketers, then you've won, right? And mm-hmm. that's all of this that we're talking about is really about that. You know, It's finding the perfect customer so that, it makes your job way easier because they're helping you find the next customer and you don't have to work so hard to, to find them. You had an experience, Melissa, right? We talked about on the show before oh, we with, with Kimpton, right? Yeah. I haven't given a shout out to them in a while. Yeah. Yeah. I stayed at a Kimpton over uh, Christmas one year and they were just amazing. They came up with warm homemade donut holes and I got a bottle of wine and it was just, they were, they were awesome. Yeah. Truly awesome. And, and you're I'd very expected... brand loyal to them now, right? Yes. Whenever you travel, you try to stay at a I Kimpton. try and stay at a Kimpton. Yeah. And that's, that's really what it's about. You know, and they were, they're pet friendly too. Is they, that right? Yes, that's yeah. how I ended up that's there. It, yeah. So it, building loyalty is, is about, you know, being yourself. Like we said, it's about delivering on that promise. And at the end of the day, it's always about the guest. Everything we talk about on the show always comes back to the guest and delivering on everything that you promise to them. I found another promise unexpectedly this week as I was perusing websites because, you know, I do that for a living. Mm -hmm. And I was on a uh, hotel website that is in a downtown area. And I was going through the booking process just to, you know, looking at different booking engines and seeing what's going on. And in the checkout process, you get to choose one of three add-ons for booking direct. They give you a choice Mm of a $20 Uber credit or a bottle of wine, or uh, like a $20 um, credit at the, at the restaurant. And I thought, wow, how cool is that? Like, you're really made aware of the benefits of Booking Direct, and they've made this promise to you. Like, you're getting the best deal. You're not going to get this on Expedia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This, it, I mean, it, it's not that hard to do it, right? You just have to spend a little bit of time thinking through it and investing appropriately to make these little magical moments, these surprise and delight opportunities actually come to fruition. So. I wasn't even staying there, and I was surprised and delighted. Which would you have picked? Uh, for me, I would have picked a bottle of wine. Yeah, I probably would too. Always go with the booze. That's that's, that's always the answer. Yeah, right? mm-hmm. absolutely. All right. So so if you do all that stuff, you get to the last P, right? The, the last the, P. The penultimate P, because you is. added a P. <coughs> that's true. 
Number five is profit. Theoretically, if you've done all the other four Ps, then theoretically your bottom line should reflect the job that you have done so well. But here's the thing, right? If if you develop that, that if you develop a product that is unique, has that value proposition that people value, and that they're willing to pay for that value, then you're out of the rat race of competing on price. You know, you're you're now in a position where you can command a higher ADR. People are happy to pay it because of the value you provide. You've got a great relationship. You've built that trust. You're delivering on that promise. Your profit margins are going to go through the roof because you're not a commodity anymore. You're something special, something people are willing to pay for. And that's really the key to successfully competing in a very commoditized market is stepping away from the commodity and becoming something unique that people actually value. And that drives profit. Ching. And we all like profit because we, we do. You know, we're in the industry for different reasons. But at the end of the day, if we don't drive profit, we're out of business. So you know what I always say that you can't put traffic in the bank. Mm-hmm. You can put profit in the bank. You can. <laughs> you can. You can put profit in the bank. Have you uh, actually? Have you confirmed this with a bank manager? I'm, I'm pretty. Yeah. Sh- I feel confident about that statement. Huh? I, I, who would have thunk it? Hmm. Funny that. All right, Pete. Do you want to? You want to um, wow us with your last P? <laughs> you say it pow 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 yes people yeah. are now turning down their radio yeah. Yeah. Sorry. but then I, I just changed it during the podcast <laughs> I think pow produce because we talked about all of the things that you know we should be doing in terms of our positioning the perspective personality the promise we want to you know give to our guests but what you really need to do is produce the content and share it everywhere and that's not just articles it's social it's you know re- responding to reviews it's you know youtube it's whatever that might be produce the content that shares your story mm-hmm. so people understand what they're getting into and then once you've produced it share it and share it and share it and share it because like they say marketing is to a parade not to a standing army you always have to keep reiterating what you've just said because there's always new potential guests that are being exposed to your brand for the first time. Yeah, and, and part of that too, if you're producing that content, is also creating a process. There's another piece oh, that, wow. that helps, encourages your consumer to be a part of that ecosystem for them to share it with their audience as well. Because you know, your, your best customer you want them to come back again and again. Your next best customer is the person that's in the door right now, right? When someone's booked, you should be working really hard to get them to book again next time by surprising, delighting, and delivering on the promise and all that stuff. But once you've kind of gotten that down, you've got that loyalty, your next best customer after that person is their circle of friends and family because they're going to probably, we're very tribal as a species. We tend to hang out with people that have similar lifestyles, similar ideals similar desires you know similar geography a lot of time so getting your consumer to turn into your advocate and having a process to do that i think can really mm-hmm. pay dividends yeah. as well I mean, it's really about priming the pump for potential profitability <laughs> oh <laughs> pete pete that's perfect <laughs> Please. that's all i got yeah have you got any, any more peas? I, 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 Are you peed out? I'm peed out. <laughs> nice. 
Well, hopefully we didn't pee anyone off too bad with this pee episode. But I think there's a lot of value, a lot of wisdom in this article. Tell us again where, where the article was, the original article was from. We'll this link to it in the show notes. This is from Hotel Speak at hotelspeak.com. Cool. So any, any final takeaways, Melissa? You put I this, think you together? pretty much just sums it up. I mean, you need to be authentic to who you are and also who you're not. Know the difference. And that will then set expectations for your guests. And hopefully they come away with a positive experience. They become brand advocates. And then the cycle just repeats. Repeats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Hey, uh, you know who likes our podcast? Oh, we have a, a review. Yes. From Will Slickers. He says... Hey, that sounds familiar, that name. Well... That's foreshadowing, because let me read this review to you guys then. Five star. So I appreciate the five star review for sure. He says, being a podcaster myself and having Stuart on my show, as well as being on their show, this podcast is beyond valuable to any listeners in the industry. I am so thankful for their dedication to enhancing the industry. Well, and what was the title of that that uh, review? He put Real it and true. Real and true. That is truth right there right from there? our friend Will Slickers. We are Thanks, real Will. and we are true. And that is part of our brand promise. That is part of our personality. And that reinforces everything we just said. So thanks, Will. Friend of the show, Will. He's got a podcast. It's uh, the Hospitality Podcast with Will Slickers. Slick Talk Hospitality Podcast with Will Slickers, I should say. So go check that out. He does a really good job. And speaking of other podcasts, um, I recently got to be on a couple of episodes of the Lodging Leaders Podcast, which I don't know if you guys listen to that. I've listened to it for a while, but it's really good. It's... um. Probably one of the best produced podcasts in the industry. They do a really good job kind of slicing together interviews in, in, in having a cohesive narrative throughout each episode. So, Unlike ours that goes off the oh, rail yeah, within no. 30 seconds. See, they have a completely different personality and they're appealing to a different audience, which is great, right? That You need that variety of voice in the, in the industry. But they, they um, I, I was on a couple of episodes. One, we were talking about um, when you're renovating a property, in what you do from a marketing perspective while the renovation is going on. And then we also did one on um, Cyber Monday as well. Hmm. And through complete happenstance, didn't realize this was the case, the one that we were talking about, the deals in Cyber Monday and Black Friday, um, Stephanie Spark-Smith was on there as well, who's friend of the show, and she's been on our show before. If you haven't listened, we did an episode with her about what independent hotels can learn from brands. So, yeah, it's one big happy podcasting ecosystem family that's going on it's really good so yeah check out uh, will slickers podcast and check out the lodging leaders podcast they're both amazing but make sure we're always your number one because we are the award-winning fuel hotel marketing <laughs> podcast and if you want the notes to today's show you can do so you can go to fueltravel.com slash podcast you can click on episode 128 and you will get the five p's or six or seven or nine or however many p's we ended up with um, no cues, according to no Melissa. No cues? No. But if you do have a cue, i.e. a question that you would like us to answer on the show, then you... That's a segue right there. That was pretty good. You can send in an email, info at fueltravel.com, or you can hit us up on Twitter at fueltravel. Pete. Yeah. If they have a question about peas or any other... Or bees. Vegetables or, or bees. Yeah, peas or bees. All right. Peas or bees. You can find me on Twitter at pdemayo. P D I M A I O. And Melissa, if they have a cue about P's or um, C's, like clarinets, I guess. Sure. Um, where, where can they find you? I'm on Twitter at M A Cavanaugh, M A K A V A N A G H. And you can find me at Stuart Butler. Again, collectively, you can find us at Fuel Travel. 
show notes, fueltravel.com slash podcast. Click on episode 128. And until next time, you have been listening to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. The heat is on. Down the street. We set low expectations and we delivered. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.